We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. From the Clark Ford Studio in Oxford, Mississippi, MBW Digital proudly presents the Oxford Exxon Podcast. I'd say thanks for tuning in, but why am I going to give you a round of applause for something you're supposed to do, to be frank? And now, here are your hosts, Chase Parm. And broadcast school has really paid off. And Neil McCready. I deserve to be on TV. Welcome in to this Wednesday edition of Oxford Exxon Podcast. Chase Parm. Neil McCurdy's with me. We'll be back in a second from a video streaming standpoint. We'll discuss Ole Miss's loss to South Carolina on Tuesday night in Columbia. The Rebels fall by 3, 68-65. I think they were down by as many as 17 at one point. Battle back in the second half, and then both teams go ice cold there toward the end. So we'll uh, discuss that. Ole Miss now 5-5 five and five in the SEC, 18-5 overall. And they have uh, a week off. They're in Lexington, they're at Rupp Arena next Tuesday night, February uh, 13th for one, and they return home against the Missouri Tigers on the 17th at 7.30 p.m. Central Time for uh, for that one. So we hit some of those things. We've got a, another bundle coming to you from a streaming standpoint. ESPN, Fox, I think Warner Brothers, they uh, decided they were going to stream together yesterday. Talk a little bit about what that means, what it doesn't mean. Frankly, I think it... Uh, it's a big PR thing. It doesn't mean anywhere near what uh, they are saying in the press releases. So we'll get into that stuff and more coming up today on the podcast. Yeah, Neil's walking. He was moving around a little bit right there. Look at you. Adrenaline, all kind of stuff going on. Oxford Exxon, Oxford Exxon in Oxford. Blue sky locations all over the state of Mississippi, up and down I-55. throughout North Mississippi as well. Saw pictures of the subway, the superstore up in Macomb. That'll be up soon. And then, uh, again, we'll get you those catering deals for the Super Bowl, ribs, pulled pork, and more here locally in uh, in Oxford. Um, beer cave, Super Bowl, you need alcohol. Head on over. Get everything there in one spot there at the Oxford Exxon. And, again, come to you from the Clark Ford studio. We are Clark Ford's in Amory, Mississippi. 662-257-1900 is the number. Just call it. Ask for Corey Clark. Tell him what you have in mind, what Ford product you might be interested in, what you're thinking about doing. We'll send you a quote or some advice in 15 minutes in business hours. Right to the bottom line, no hassle, no haggle. He's going to send you a quote, and you can take it from there. Do it with it what you please. Uh, what I recommend that you do is get into a Clark Ford. One, you're going to love the product. Two, you're really going to love the service. Corey wants to be your car guy and wants to be a truck guy. He'll prove to you what that means when you make the call. 662-257-1900. Guest join on the Campbell Clinic hotline. The Campbell Clinic's in Oxford now, 2608 South Lamar Boulevard. Suite 102, just across the street from the cottages at Hooper Hollow. The Campbell Clinic provides full-service orthopedic care. 
everything from sports medicine to foot and ankle surgery to spine and total joint care, pediatric orthopedics, physical therapy, and more. To book an appointment, go to CampbellClinicOxford.com or call 901-759-3111. Walk-ins, always welcome at the Campbell Clinic, Monday through Friday, 7.30 a.m. to 4 p.m. Multiple threads last night on the uh, on the board. Chargers get a win, knock off um, Tupelo, Tupelo in the uh, first round of the soccer playoffs. They, Neil, they win five two. They control that thing. I, I, I'm assuming your nervous level uh, calmed a little bit after about the 30th minute, despite a little bit of a, a physical game there toward the end. Yeah, yeah, I kind of thought we had it pretty much yeah. from the get go. And they they evened it up, and it was there was about 15 minutes there where you're like. So many of these kids know each other because they've played each other, played with and against each other for so long in, in high school and middle school and club, a lot of clubs. So you think about all the club practices where they've played against each other. Everybody knows each other's tendencies. Everybody knows how to get under each other's skin. Uh, there was a lot of that. And then late, late, my concern was nobody got hurt because it was getting, it was getting pretty chippy. Let no one tell you. I mean, look, I, I know people go soccer soft. I I, I have a 17-year-old who I, I, I saw different spots on his body last night that I can tell you that playoff soccer is not soft. Madison Central up next. That's on Saturday in Oxford. I guess they control Lewisburg last night. Yeah, they won, I think, 5-2. to two. They're good. Um, it's either Friday or Saturday. You've got – for Oxford, there's some complications in a good way because the girls won their their first round playoff game last night. So they beat Germantown two nothing, I believe. They beat Germantown two to nothing. Oxford played really well, and um, so they've got scheduling issues because in a lot of places, Oxford included the coaching staff coaches both teams. So they've got to figure that out, and then there's the rain that's expected all day Saturday. But you can play soccer in the rain. It's a better problem than not having soccer to play in the rain. So, hey, you, you, just, you, you just figure it out and go from there. Um, I assume the Arrows won their first game last night. We looked around the state. It, it, it results. Yeah, the Arrows won big over DeSoto Central. And then uh, a little bit – I don't know if it's an upset or not, but um, I'm not surprised because I think Hernando's really good. Uh, we've played them twice, and they're legitimately really good. They beat Startville two to nothing, and Startville's usually pretty damn good. So, yeah. The investment on RubbleGrove dot com of a playoff bracket in, in in soccer. I mean, things happen from time to time here. As we, uh, as we, we had a lot of people out there last night. A lot of the boys' parents, self included, showed up for the girls' game from the very beginning. Cheered. And then uh, a lot of the girls' parents returned the favor afterwards and stayed late. And it was it was getting pretty chilly. So, Team Oxford yesterday, man. There you know? Go. All right. Fair enough. So, it's a weird basketball game last night. Uh, big picture, missed opportunity for Ole Miss, no doubt. Um, that was a winnable basketball game. Uh, South Carolina was hot as hell, partly because of Ole Miss's lack of defense, partly because of South Carolina shooting the ball really well in that building. In the first half, kind of 50-50 on what the reason was for uh, for that. But, look, as you said, Carolina's not the most talented team in the league. I mean, you can get them if you just play good basketball. And Ole Miss had every opportunity. So, I mean, you're going to look back at that and go, damn, really did miss it from that yeah. standpoint. 
metrically whatever you can still get to 10 but it was a it was a it was a considerable loss because of how the game played out I'll be honest and typically because it's my job I'll leave it on no matter what just because whatever I got bored with the game they got down 17 and I turned it off um I flipped to something else I was doing a couple different things I was like okay I'll kind of follow and if it gets within 10 I'll come back but this it seemed like it was headed in a direction at that point and then I guess I, I turned it back on when they were down eight, six. They get it to three, even with like eight minutes to go. Still a ton of time at that point, and just could never get over the hump. And then there at the end, both teams playing horrific offense. Uh, South Carolina was one for their last seven. Ole Miss was one for their last nine. South Carolina did not score for the last three forty-seven of the game last night. Um, let's get this out of the way. Uh, Jamarian Sharp did get fouled, didn't get the call. And then Matt Morrell panicked, uh, didn't get fouled, just threw up a really wild shot. Or n- never going to get that call in that situation, at least. I guess we went by definition he was touched, but that is just not one you're going to get right there in the final seconds. He He had more time to get a much better shot off. I think he was anticipating that, South Carolina was going to foul so that he wouldn't take a three. Right. And when it looked like they were initiating contact, he tried to sort of steer into the contact, if you will, and get the shot off and draw the foul. And you're just not going to get that call. You're just not. 99 times out of 100, you're just not going to get that call. Um, You know, I, I thought... The game, and I was following it at the Oxford girls game. I thought the game got, there's a lot of things you can go to, and you you did a really good summation, but you can't bury the first half where defensively they just didn't play well. And so you're down, what, 14 at the half? Is that right? Uh, 12, I think, but good enough. Okay, yeah. You know, you're down double digits at the half. And, you know... You let South Carolina not and look, they made some shots. They played well, but they're getting open looks. I mean, it was a continuation of the second half of the Auburn game where they're outworking you on that end of the floor. They're making the extra pass. They're getting an open shot. They're knocking it down. You're not rebounding well. Um, I mean, it's just the same old stuff. And I thought Chris responded with some personnel decisions. Guys that weren't playing defense didn't play. Much he second. took he took Juju and Brakefield out of the game last night. I mean he they they made the run with Nunez, Murray, Brandon Murray, Matthew Morrell, Alan Flanagan, and Jamarian Sharp. That was the five yeah. that made the run. Yeah, and then so you make the run and you get back very much back in the game to a point where I'm thinking you know they might get this. And then there's so much focus, and we do it too. If I'm writing about it, it's what I write about. So much focus on the last possession or two. I thought the ones that really killed them were like their last, and I'm watching on really shaky internet, okay? So it's four or five possessions. I didn't like some of the shot selection. They clearly didn't knock them down. You make a couple of buckets in those four or five possessions, I think you probably win the game. Mm -hmm. Sharp got fouled, no doubt. He should have gone to the line. Maybe he makes two and cuts it to to three. Maybe he makes one and cuts it to four. I don't know. It would have been better than what they had. You could have put some, you know, if everything else stays the same, if there's no butterfly effect, that changes your final possession. Um, And then, of course, we talked about Matt's deal, but 
I, I don't think a game ever really comes down to the last 15 seconds, four seconds, whatever. I mean, there, there's a lot of basketball that got played before that that led to that spot. And you, you can't go dig a hole like that on a – Ole Miss did not play well. They didn't play the type of basketball that they had kind of been playing during their run where they went three in a row. They played a game that looked like the beginning of the season when Flanagan had to bell them out and they played shit defense. Let's be honest. I mean, that, that that's what that game looked like was not great effort in a couple ways. I mean, Brakefield was bad last night. Um, he, he doesn't – I'm a little surprised, and I guess I, I get it. I was a little surprised Chris didn't bring some of those guys back late once it got whatever simply for the offense side of things. But, I mean, you're winning the rock fight at that point as it is because you, you look at the team comparison, and from a stat standpoint, you would have thought Ole Miss won the game. They, 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 they're from the field, they're 51-47 to 47 over Carolina. From three, they're 40-33 to 33 over Carolina. Free throw line, they're 71-43. to 43. South Carolina was three of seven at the line last night. And – they did what Ole Miss has to do, which is never beat anybody at rebounding, but rebound with them, 32-28 last night on the uh, on the boards. Ole Miss had more blocks. Ole Miss had more steals. I mean, it. South Carolina had more turnovers. But you let teams, like you said, just in the first half, open look after open look after open look. And we talk about this. You expend so much energy to get back in a game that sometimes you just don't have much left offensively there toward the end. Yeah, that's exactly right. And then I'll add something to it. And I, I don't know this. I'm, I'm guessing a little bit. You know, Beard talks a lot about culture. They got T-shirts that say culture, culture, mm-hmm. culture, culture. If you want that word to have meaning, sometimes you got to do things that have big picture in mind. Everything can't be about Tuesday night. You know, that wasn't a playoff game. You know what I mean? I mean, loser doesn't yeah, go yeah. home. Um, everything can't be about Tuesday night. Sometimes you've got to send a message within your organization that some things aren't acceptable. That a lack of defensive effort, and that's the word, Chase, effort, is not acceptable. Um, You know, like in baseball parlance, it's the guys having a slump at the plate and he's taking it with him to the field. He's not locked in, in the, uh, at shortstop, at third base, in, in center field. He's, he's out there thinking about his at-bats, feeling sorry for himself. In basketball, the shots aren't falling, and you're taking that to defense, and you're, you're thinking about offense while you play defense, and you're not locked in on your switches and, and on your help. And Defense is a chain, and you're not doing your part of the chain, and it's leading to easy buckets for the other team. And at some point, and I have a feeling that when they watch that Auburn film, and especially the second half of the Auburn film, some of the stuff that they saw, and again, I'm not taking anything away from Auburn. They're an elite team. But when teams are getting wide open buckets, it's usually a defensive lapse somewhere. Something happened in the defensive chain that caused it to break down, and the ball moves, the extra pass leads to the easy shot. And when you're giving up easy shot after easy shot after easy shot, you're not playing good defense. Mm-hmm. And if the defense lapses are about effort, I mean, look, it's one thing if you're guarding Kobe Bryant out there. Sometimes there's just not much you can do. But if the defensive lapses are about effort, you have to send a message. And the best message, I mean, Bobby Knight, the great Bobby Knight speech, there is no bigger teacher in basketball than that bench. <laughs> 
The bench talks. The bench says things that the coach doesn't even have to say. You want to play? And I promise you, Jamin Brakefield, Juju Murray, they want to play. You want to play? You have to play defense. And Chris Beard's built a reputation. Been coaching for a minute. Been at a few places. He's built a reputation in coaching. You talk to coaches about Chris Beard, the two things they're all going to talk about is attention to detail and defense. Without fail. Attention to detail mm-hmm. and defense. You don't hear them go, yeah, I tell you what, man, his teams are these electric offensive. He has some teams that score points. Don't get me wrong. you got to score to win. It's a player's game, blah, blah, blah. But you got to play defense. And they can't – they're not good enough athletically to lean into this. Yeah, let's outscore people. At some point against the good teams in the SEC, and South Carolina is one of those teams, at some point you've got to dial it up defensively and you've got to grind out a game. And they put themselves in a position, in, in fairness, and the reason the statistics bear it out is because in the second half, Ole Miss dominated that game defensively. They played really, really well. Carolina got up to 17 with about 15 and change to go. I don't remember the exact number, but it was about then. And from that point forward, Ole Miss won the game by 14 points. But you dug a hole in the first half playing really lackluster, sort of listless defense in in spans. And look, if you only do 10 seconds of bad defense on a possession, that gets you beat. And and so that message gets gets taught. And I, I have a feeling, and I could be completely wrong, and he might do his next press conference, and someone might ask him about this, and he might tell them what a complete utter idiot they are, and I'll take his word for it. But I have a feeling some of this was, you know what? We don't play again for a week. We're about to have some practices. We're about to have some culture moments inside the program. Because down the stretch, whether you come back and win that game at South Carolina or not, you got to play some some you, you got to play some big time basketball games here soon. South Carolina at home, at Mississippi State, Alabama at home, you at Kentucky. Texas A&M at home. They're, they're going to show up and grind on you. Trust me. You 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 got to you got to get locked in on the defensive end, or this thing's not going to happen. And even if it does, whether it has happens or ha- doesn't happen, you're trying to build a, a a culture that that transcends this season. Again, I go back to what Bruce Pearl said the other night, where he talked about how how long it took him to build the culture at Auburn. The Auburn team that you see now, the effort that they uh, play with, that wasn't the case when he first got there. It's it's not it's it's not a flip of a switch. If it were easy, everyone would do it. So I, I have a feeling last night was about a lot more than just those forty minutes of basketball in Columbia. Yeah, as you said, Ole Miss, uh, at, they're off until eighty-seven. I'm sorry, um, Kentucky on Tuesday, the thirteenth. Uh, Flanagan was good last night. Kept a minute, as we said. I mean, I think he hit ten of his first eleven shots, something like that. And then his his first miss was kind of a weird sequence because Carolina had hit a three, got a miss from him, went down. Misha Johnson got fouled, and it sort of did give the Gamecocks a little bit of juice there for a second. Um, yeah, the Allen Flanagan the, slander among some Ole Miss fans. Yeah. It, it's got to stop. Your 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 season is already immaterial at this point if you don't have Allen Flanagan. Just stop. Yeah. It's why it's why I asked the question on Saturday. It's like I said, it looked like it was sticking, but there was a reason behind that. Allen doesn't grab the ball and go down every time and go, you know what? Nope, we're playing individual ball and ISO and then we're gonna go take a shot. Like, that's not you can not tell the there. 
you can tell that he has played a lot of high leverage basketball. His his pulse is really good. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I mean, even in the two games against Auburn where they threw a lot at him and there was probably, a, I'm sure, a lot of emotion for him. I mean, he's a human being. I, I still thought he played pretty good basketball. And last night he kept them in it in the first half. And they did, they, look, they did some good things last night. I mean, you talked about Jamarian Sharp. I, I thought Nunez played well. Especially really good on, defensively. Especially on the defensive end. I thought he really did. And it tells you that, that I think it really supports my theory about, look, practice matters. De- detail matters. Again, detail-oriented. Detail matters. And if you're going to be the guy that shows up in practice, even when you're not getting minutes, and you put the work in and you do it the right way and you show improvement and you show focus that that you're going to get your opportunities on the on the court especially if the guys that are in front of you aren't doing those things yeah look this is as you said beard is defense he's detail he's getting things right day to day this is not the vein of how he wants to coach a basketball team this is not the profile of a team that he would prefer if he got to just put it together on you know oh no NCAA Live 21 or whatever in some college no. basketball game is. This is not it. I mean, you know, you heard. No. It, it made our message board. Ryan Brown and those guys were talking to Gary Parrish, and he called Chris Beard one of the best basketball coaches in the world um, during the course of the interview when he was discussing that he runs the best practice in college basketball. Um, they were talking about Bill Self, Chris Beard, and the day-to-day intention to detail, attention to detail that goes into a practice and said Beard's the one that comes up. That's because of details and I mean, in defense and getting these things right like this. I mean, he he, he is he is finding a way to win basketball games with a roster and a style that is not his preferred method at all. But it just is what he's got here in year one. So yeah, he, he took the job is. in March. He took the job in March and he had to throw a roster together. Um, and and this yeah. is look, this is a thrown together roster. Doesn't mean the kids are bad kids. No, no, at all. It doesn't might get it, it done, but you know, it very well might. But this is not. Yeah, if he had a chance to go to the drawing board and sort of, <laughs> hey, what do you want your team to look like? It would look yeah. nothing like this. Nothing. It would be much more athletic. Um, it would have more impact level players, especially on the front court. Uh, he probably would have a pure point guard. Uh, and and he'd, he'd probably have another couple of guys who could really knock it down from three. Mm-hmm. And he's trying to recruit that level of player. They're in on some really good players. They've signed a couple of really good players. Um, I expect that they will be quite active in the portal, looking for three probably impact-level guys. Can you get those guys? I don't know. We'll talk about that when the time comes. I don't know who those guys are. But, again, if it were easy to turn a 3-15 and 15 program around in one year, Give Lamont Paris a ton of credit while we're at it. What are they, eight and two now? Uh yeah, I think that's right. I mean, give them a ton of credit. That's that's a um, they're not they're not a great team. And you keep waiting for them to regress to the mean, and maybe they will, but they've won eight of their first ten games in the league, and if they can get two of their last eight, they're probably making the tournament. And it's it's a, a tribute to him and to his team and, and the environment that they have there and, and all of those things. So I mean you gotta 
got to tip your hat to South Carolina. On, on the flip side, they came out of the gate ready to play. And, Look, and they built they built a lead and held on. I mean, barring some catastrophic thing at home against Missouri, worst case scenario, Ole Miss has to win three of his last five games. Okay. I mean, you would take that coming in all day long. South Carolina, Alabama at home, at Missouri, at Georgia, A&M at home. you got to win three out of five and you're in. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm sorry. I miscounted. You might have to get four. My fault. Yeah, I was going to say, you might have to get four. Look, I'll, I'll say If this. you lose in Starkville and lose at Rupp. I'll, I'll, I'll lay the groundwork for something on Tuesday night. I, I think mm-hmm. I think Tuesday night's going to end up being a real big opportunity. I, I, I think Ole Miss is going to be ready to play. That's that's my that's my prediction. I think that I don't think that moment's going to be too big. I think Kentucky's going to have to beat them. I, I don't. Yeah, think they've, been, they've played at Tennessee and at Auburn. Rupp's not going to be any different than those two places. Less just, so, frankly. I mean, I don't. I don't think this is going to be the whole. And when I say this, I don't mean peel the paint off the walls, come to Jesus sort of practices. I, I just think there's going to be a a a, a, a note. That guys are going to understand. There's going to be some intensity. There's going to have to be some focus. I think they'll be focused on Kentucky. We'll see what happens. I won't be surprised at all. I didn't even look. I assume Kentucky disposed of Vanderbilt last night. I don't even know. Here, I'll pull it up real quick before I move on to something else. Did you see that uh, Kyle Shanahan puts videos in uh, every conference room in the facility, like live feeds, and has them streamed to his office? Is that smart, or is that getting a little too carried away with micromanagement? Uh, Whatever works for Kyle Shanahan. Okay, I'm just curious. I saw that yesterday and went, huh, I'll be down. I mean, I think there are people that just feel like they have to have their hand in everything. I mean, it's definitely not working. We'll say that. Uh, 109-77, Kentucky over Vanderbilt last night. 109. Yeah. Vandy's, Vandy's bad. 54 in the first half, 55 in the second half. Whew. Yeah. That's not good. They can score. They've got players. You got to uh, defend. You got to defend Kentucky. Uh, UConn won again. Uh, Clemson won at North Carolina last night. Oh, so North that? Carolina couldn't back up its Duke win. It loses eighty seventy six at the Dean Dome to uh, the Tigers. No other upsets that I'm seeing inside the uh, top twenty five. I know Oklahoma hammered BYU and Norman last night eighty two sixty six over the twenty first ranked Cougars. How about those Sooners? Nevada went to Utah State and went to Logan and won. Utah State was ranked 22nd in the country prior to last night, but the the Wolfpack got them. San Diego State won. New Mexico State. I'm sorry, New Mexico won. Talking about the pit and all that. They went on the road last night. They went to Wyoming and won. You can you can win in Laramie better in basketball than you can win at Laramie in football. It's not the same uh not the same problem thing there last night. So So you're saying Wyoming. Not, Wyoming is not going to the Final Four. You're putting. That I do not the think the right Cowboys now. are where that's headed. Um, <laughs> don't think so. Is it Michael Katz that used to cover Wyoming? Didn't he cover Wyoming for a little while? That sounds right. I think before Ole Miss, he covered Boise State and Wyoming. Huh? That's pretty eclectic. Right. Yeah, I, I could be wrong, but I, I think that's right. So, California kid goes to Idaho, Wyoming, and Mississippi. <laughs> yeah, a little, a little culture shock. So, how much have you seen on this uh, ESPN, Fox, Warner Brothers thing? You know what? I, this is going to be breaking news for me. 
Okay. All right. So let's let's go through it a little bit. You're probably not. I, mean, I tried to I tried to multitask last night a little bit, and and once I got to a certain point, I mean, I I'm I'm the opposite of Kyle Shanahan. I would be a delegator. You you do not need a video in every in every conference room in the building. Don't want one. That would overwhelm me. Okay. So here's the deal. We got ESPN, Fox, and Warner Brothers Discovery. So basically, Discovery, ESPN, and Fox teaming up to launch a new standalone streaming app that's going to air their combined content. Okay, every sure. ESPN property, every Fox Sports channel, plus the Big Ten Network, TNT, TBS, SEC Network, even True TV for the NCAA basketball tournament. Every one of those outside of basically everything outside of CBS, Amazon, and NBC on this one platform. Okay. Right. They haven't uh, named a price yet. Uh, multiple sports media reporters for The Athletic, Andrew Marchand and uh, Richard Deesh, they are estimating this coming in somewhere around 50 to $55 on this uh, streaming platform. So this is going to be like Fubo or, or whatever. I mean, in theory, yes, but it's only those three properties. Like, you're not getting anything else. Those three properties. Now, it's a lot of properties, but those things. Got me? But you already get a lot of those properties on the other streaming platforms. Well, that's kind of the point. And that's where Andrew Marchand says, and I agree with him, if I can pay $72 for YouTube TV, okay, and already get all that, yeah. why the hell am I paying 55 for it on a separate platform? I, you wouldn't. Does that make sense? Like, The I, only way you would do it is if it weren't available on YouTube TV. But they're not taking it away. As of right now, it is not being removed from any streaming service that it currently is on. I mean, if you tell me that the ESPN cleaned up its app, (laughs) I'm kidding. Um, Because that app sucks. I don't, I don't, that that just, it feels like, feels like. Bob Iger of Disney. He says, the launch of this new sports service is a significant moment for Disney and ESPN, a major win for sports fans, and an important step forward for the media business. This means the full suite of ESPN channels will be available to consumers alongside with sports programming of other industry leaders as part of a differentiated sports-centric service. I'm grateful to Jimmy Patero and the team at ESPN who are the forefront, blah, 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 blah. Okay, here's the deal. And this is why it is dumb to me. What they're banking on is this. Uh, this is coming from Anthony Krupe of Sportico. He says, quote, Given the, the uh, demonstrable manner in which the cable bundle has managed to retain the custom of the most sports-hungry consumers, the new venture isn't expected to cannibalize the already much-diminished pay TV model. In the last five years, some 35 million U.S. TV households, around 40% of all bundled subs, have cut the cord. Although the majority of these defections appear to be light or infrequent sports viewers, despite an 18% drop-off in overall TV usage, this is the most important part that they're banking on, which I don't agree with, but I'm just going here anyway. Despite an 18% drop-off in overall TV usage since 2022, 18% in only a year and a half or less than that, Sports ratings have increased during the same period, which if nothing else would seem to indicate that sports... It's probably the only thing that's keeping the bundle together. I'll buy that. I agree with that completely. That really the only thing we care about in live television is sports. Every show we watch later or recorded or streamed or whatever. So I completely buy that. But my issue is, do we care enough to not have any access to those other things for 14 bucks a month? No. 
I just no way. I can't believe there's that many people that are, their whole their, their entire viewing experience is just sports. I want nothing but those three networks, which is a ton of sports. But I want nothing but those three networks for fifty five dollars when I can just get YouTube TV with all that plus everything else for seventy two. We don't care that much about seventeen bucks a month as an American consumer. No, and again. I, I just got to think the majority, and you just said this, and there just can't be that many people who are, I'm watching nothing but sports ever. You, you don't ever want to watch, a, you know, you don't want, want to flip around and there's the Food Network or there's Smithsonian or you want to catch up CN, CNN or Fox News or, come on, never? I don't, I don't buy that. Yeah, and ESPN, now, unless this changed it, as Randall says, ESPN had been talking about a standalone network just for themselves, direct to consumer, over the last, whenever that's been, that it's been announced. So I, I don't... They better be careful with that. Yeah. I, uh, hey, sco- schools better have a lot of interest in that, because if ESPN's paying billions of dollars to conferences, they, 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 they don't need to lose their tail on something along those lines. Uh, well, it's doing a couple different things. It's assuming, A, that sports fans want every sport. You know what I mean? Yeah. Instead of just, I watch because I watch football, or I watch baseball, or I watch soccer, or I do whatever I do. This is this is assuming sports fan equals everything, which is not the case, number one. How and then number YouTube, two... Go ahead. How did YouTube TV... Do you have the numbers yet on how they did with NFL Sunday Ticket? I can... I'll look in a second. Um... Okay. The other thing that I find interesting, and this is coming from uh, Dan Rayburn, I don't know who he works for, but another sports media guy, says that uh, multiple news outlets report that sports leagues weren't even informed of the talks to create this new sports streaming platform. And even if you own the rights to the content, you still would like the leagues backing this and making them feel like part of the process. So they did this without even telling the people who they're streaming their games that this is going to be where their games are going to be streamed or available moving forward in a primary way that is being pushed by the company. Well, and and like, okay, so I'm, I'm thinking about the NBA, right? Sure. The NBA still is, MLB as well, it's still very regional. You have to have... NBA League Pass, you have to have MLB Extra Innings if you really want to watch all the games. Just having access to the package you're talking about wouldn't give you those games. Like, I watched the end of uh, the Thunder's loss at Utah last night because I have NBA League Pass. Okay, yeah. Utah got a good young team, by the way. Keontae George is going to be a good player. Right, and Laurie Markkinen. Utah's not trading Laurie Markkinen. He's he's really, really good. By uh, November, YouTube TV subscribers had jumped uh, 50% in annual subs. And they credit Sunday Ticket to the majority of that jump. It's got to be. And they ended up doing a really good job with it. With the four-in-one box and the, all that stuff, and you could get the red zone. And they did a, they, a lot of people said, oh, they're going to fail, they're going to fail, they're going to fail. And they, 
they had a little bit of a hiccup one week, but other than that, they did great. Uh, let's see. Yeah, 48% rise from October 2022 to September 2023, and their retention rate is 92%. Pretty good. That's not bad. That, yeah. That's that's all right. Um, you take those numbers into the boss, you're leaving with the promotion. Says uh, it's largely owed to NFL Sunday Ticket. The company acquired it in a $2.5 billion deal in December of 2022. Says uh, signs that YouTube TV has been booming, have been growing and growing. Cable and TV pay subscriptions declined significantly in Q2 of 2023, but YouTube TV was an outlier even gaining 300,000 subscribers during a quarter, which coincided with uh, before the start of college, uh, sorry, the NFL football season. Well, they offered the big promotion back in the summer, mm-hmm. which was smart. I mean, if you wanted to get it for a certain price, you had to sign up by whatever it was, August the 5th or what, July 3rd, out of whatever. They, uh, even by November, they had about a 20, 30% uh, higher subscription number than Hulu, which is obviously its primary competitor. So YouTube TV was about 30% higher in total subs than Hulu, and that was as of October, I think, something like that. Like, I have to think DirecTV took a massive hit not having Sunday Ticket. Oh, sure. 38 million U.S. households still pay for a cable service as of October, although it is dwindling by the month. Yeah. That number was twice that two years ago. Yeah. It's not cheap. Sunday ticket now costs a whopping four forty nine for non YouTube T V subscribers or uh hundred and something. Uh three forty nine if you have a subscription, sorry. Yeah. As much NFL as like I watched every Sunday it was worth it. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. I have no interest in this package at all. I'll have Hulu. I'll have YouTube TV. I'm good. Why? I still don't see anybody going, hey, here's why you have to have this. All it's saying is you like sports and nothing but sports. So here. 
And it's like, uh, yeah, but I can already get all that stuff. Their price, I saw it here, and I think I agree with them. The price to actually get people to do this has to be less than thirty bucks a month. Okay. Because then you might go, ah, hell, if it's easier, I'll pay twenty eight bucks to stay on the same thing. Sure. But I'm still paying for the other two. That's the problem. Nobody's quitting YouTube TV to go, nope, I'm just getting this. And then when you get YouTube TV and your wife walks in and goes, hold on a minute, why the hell are we paying for two services that have the same channel? And you go, I don't know. I have no good answer for you. And if you just like a lot of sports, YouTube TV does that deal with the four-game thing. That's They do it with college Now basketball. they need to make it where you can pick the four games yourself, but yes. Where maybe you could watch an NBA game, an MLB game, whatever. Because sure. they format it for you right now. Yeah, but it's pretty good. Like I'll do the NBA like on a night when the Thunder's not playing. I'll turn it on. I'll do two different four-game things, and I'm just kind of half-watching. Not really locked into anything, just kind of watching games. Maybe a game gets interesting, and I'll flip just to it. Alan, interesting question here. It says, by 2025, you'd have to assume that ESPN in whatever form will have absorbed most regional rights. Look, that's the only way to monopolize this and make it just absolutely where you're not going to hemorrhage any people, but the price on that feels astronomical to absorb regional rights. Yeah, ESPN's having... ESPN Disney's having some problems. Yeah. I mean, they really are. They've... The, they've the, the downstream bottom line's not just running up and up and up and up and up. No, they're, they're out over their skis a lot right now. So unless you, by 2025, infuse a lot of common sense in ESPN slash Disney, I don't know that I... I understand what Alan's saying. I'm just not sure that I agree. It would be one hell of a capital investment to buy up all of the Bally properties and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Now, maybe you're buying them for pennies on the dollar and then turning them, repackaging them and turning them around. But look, there's a lot of people in sports who are really concerned about where this is going financially. Like you've seen it in the free agent market in baseball this year. There's a lot of guys in the free agent market that have not gotten contracts because there's so many teams that essentially have a hiring freeze. Mm -hmm. Because they don't know what their TV um, package numbers are going to look like 2025, 2026, 2027. So you can't just throw – you know, $210 million over six years at a free agent because, yeah, you might be able to do it now, but you don't know what your money's going to look like in four years. And you might not be able to get off that contract because there's so many other clubs that are in the same boat. How many people are, how many people in uh, in different networks are, are truly, you know, what kind of numbers are you getting? You know, if, if you're the, who is an example? I think the Texas Rangers were an example. Um, you know, they just won a World Series, and there's concern there down the road about what their financials are going to look like because of their TV contract, their rights contract. Yeah, Prime has purchased Bally or whatever they've done, but they have not said yet exactly what that looks like as far as what's available where and how that works. It, it, there's, there's sort of the guess, but there's no confirmation that I have seen that they're just going to show every Bally property on Prime, and you can do that without any issue. I. It feels like it's more complicated than that. 
Because of course it has to be. God forbid we just watch NBA and MLB whenever we want to. That would be way too difficult and nonsense. You know, it's the it's the one thing I've always wanted to ask and, and like get a real answer, but it feels like it's sort of like when you're at the airport, you know, once you walk into the airport, you know that you, real information is no longer allowed for some reason. The airlines are just not going <laughs> to tell you, hey, here's the deal. Here's the deal. The 710 flight, it's gotten delayed. It's probably going to be 830. No, that, that's information that is just, that is too sensitive to pass mm-hmm. out. And it's sort of like that is, okay, like I live in Oxford, Mississippi. And when I ask the question, and I've asked it numerous times, how precisely am I part of the Cincinnati network? I mean, the, the, the can't answer that. When you were in Mobile, you couldn't watch Marlins games. Somebody yeah. jump in the car in Spanish Ford and head to Miami and tell you how long that shit takes. I mean, you'd, you'd be driving for a day and a half. <laughs> and, I mean, I've driven to Cincinnati. It's eight hours. Yeah. Uh, so we're blacked out of, of Reds, Cardinals, Braves. Is that it? Reds, Cardinals, Braves? Yeah, that's correct. But, but why? Would would your numbers, if you dropped the blackout rules, would your viewership numbers go up dramatically? If you dropped the blackout rules, would more people pay for Major League Baseball extra innings? Yes. And so, I, when but when you ask that, you you get an answer of no. That that's this is listen, sir. This is a, this is too complicated for you. Just go back to your seat. We'll let you know when your flight arrives. Our next partner is Athletic Greens. I take AG1 by Athletic Greens literally every day. Give it a try because, look, my diet's not perfect. Not always getting all the vitamins, nutrients, minerals that I need every day. And AG1 can help in that. Makes me feel better like I'm doing something great for my body as well. Because it empowers the gut for whole body health. It's much more than just a greens power powder. It's all of your key health products in one Covering my nutritional basis for my day literally couldn't be any easier, which is why I trust Athletic Greens. I just mix one small scoop of AG1 with water, drink it first thing in the morning, done. Right there, I break my uh, kind of my fast overnight with AG1. It's a great routine and gets me on with my day. I also like that it costs less than three hours a day. Pretty good if you ask me. It's an effective daily habit with the highest quality source ingredients. It's a win-win. So if a comprehensive solution is what you need from your supplement routine, Give Athletic Greens, they're giving you a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs for your first purchase. Go to athleticgreens.com slash mpw. That's athleticgreens.com slash mpw. Check it out. Take a break in the podcast. Tell you about G&M Pharmacy. That's in Oxford on South Lamar. It's also in the square in Holly Springs with Tyson Drugs. Let them be their community pharmacy of choice for you. I use them. They have free delivery to your house every uh, single day, whatever you need, they take care of it. They also offer MedSync for your prescriptions the same day each month. Take care of you in that way. One trip to the pharmacy, one delivery. You have everything you need when you need it with Tyson Drugs. Also, as we linger here into February, any type of vaccine you need, they can set you up. Those are by appointment. You schedule them. You're in and out very quickly there with GNM and Tyson Drugs. Again, that is in Oxford, 662. 236-2222 or in Heisen Drugs in Holly Springs, 662-252-2321. Podcast also brought to you by Prime Shrimp, primeshrimp.com. Hopefully you're uh, using the specials. Use code RG, 25% off. You buy five pouches or more. 
a lot of options, including um, my personal favorite, one of the best sellers, Louisiana, the uh, New Orleans style barbecue shrimp there from them. And then they have a new flavor coming out, the soy ginger. It's excellent. It's a good option. Check it out. It's great with rice, a bunch of stuff, all that kind of things. And also, they've been giving away uh, shrimp to you guys. Congratulations to Jonathan Holloway. It went free shrimp for a year with Prime Shrimp. Took part in that competition or that drawing, I should say. Not really competing. Just buying shrimp and then getting re- getting rewarded for doing so. So, uh, congratulations to him. And again, PrimeShrimp.com. Use code RG. Delivered straight to your door. And ready to go. Great snack, great meal, great people there at Prime Shrimp. And then the podcast also brought to you by Northeast Spark, N-E-S-P-A-R-C. Service people across rural communities. Two packages, the Ignite, the 100 Mbps, or the Blaze. The one gig that powers the Clark Ford Studio. Your hometown team bringing you world-class broadband. That's nespark.com. 662-238-3159. Phone service, portal controls, network security, and much more. So to get the best internet in Lafayette County, that's 662-238-3159. I, it's the same deal. Like, I don't understand. Like, why can't you just tell me, no, Flight 2418 is going to be canceled. Yes, you need to rebook. Okay. I'm pissed, but okay. Yeah. As You're much to less likely to yell at that person whose fault it's not. Sit here for six hours, and in six hours we're going to tell you, yeah, sure enough, it's canceled. Right now, though, it's just delayed. <laughs> I mean... Well, and we never have more information. You can see on FlightAware, uh, Mr. American Airlines guy, that flight hasn't taken off from Baltimore yet. I'm looking at it on the app. It's still there. Yeah. So Yeah. So I'm not making my connected <laughs> flight. So why well, can't? So but when I say why, and I mean nothing against the Cincinnati Reds. I love Cincinnati. I love that ballpark. Hell, I, as much as I'm supposed to hate the Reds, I don't. Why am I blacked out? Why? Why am I blacked out of watching Reds games on MLB Extra Innings? Wouldn't mm-hmm. it be better if, if I pay for MLB Extra Innings, I get to see every game, whatever broadcast I want, if I want the Reds broadcast, if I want the Cubs broadcast, whatever the case may be. Wouldn't that make it more user-friendly? And the more user-friendly something is, the more revenues you're going to produce? Right? I don't yes. understand. I don't... I, I don't understand the art. To me, it feels archaic. I'm sorry. I, look, even from the standpoint of, hey, I want to watch this game, but I would like the other announcer or the other PA, like radio guy. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. People, like, people say, well, what's the big deal? Okay, well, it's not a big deal, but look, sports. Sports don't really matter, right? But let's say it's approaching the, the trade deadline and the, the, the Cubs made a deal that morning. Okay? On sure. the broadcast, I want to watch the Cubs broadcast because I want to hear what they say about the transaction. Maybe they're going to have the general manager in the booth in the second inning to talk about the, the trade that they made with Cleveland. That's, that's what you want to hear. If you're a Braves fan, you don't want to be blacked out of the Braves broadcast and have to listen to the – the, the Marlins people talk about, hey, our minor league system sure is doing great. No, you want to, you know, Greg Olson, Matt Olson, Matt Olson had had an ankle injury. You you want to get an update on what, what's what's going on with his ankle? Is he out ten days? Is he out two months? Is he is he day to day? What are, okay, they're putting him on the DL. What are, the, can't do that. It, the DL is is uh is too triggering. The injured list. They're putting him on the injured list. Okay, what are they doing at first base for the next? 
10, 15 days. That's the broadcast you want to listen to. Yes. Can you imagine how maddening it would be if 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 they if you did a TV broadcast in college football and there was like Ole Miss playing Auburn and you couldn't listen to the Ole Miss broadcast, you had to listen to the Auburn broadcast. People would people would like they'd have coronaries. Yeah. Hey, Alabama fans, sorry, Eli Gold's not available. You get the dude for Tennessee today. Congratulations. Yeah. It's all you're, good. Yeah, you're you're playing Furman. You get to listen to the Furman broadcast yeah. for the next three and a half hours. <laughs> We're in the second quarter. They interview the Furman women's basketball coach. Yeah. <laughs> it's just so stupid. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I, I just combined. I just combined two of my pet peeves into one thing. That, that's pretty good on my part. I don't understand airports. Why it's 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 a land of misinformation, and I don't understand blackouts. We do have a little bit of common sense that happened yesterday. So this is after a lack of common sense. Uh, did you see this? Nebraska is going to retire its uh, state motto or tagline or whatever. You know, every state kind of has their, their thing that yeah. they advertise as their state. Nebraska is retiring theirs. Um, I hope that whoever came up with this has been fired, too. <laughs> um, it's being phased out. Okay. Nebraska. Honestly, it's not for everyone. <laughs> true that was their state motto nebraska honestly it's not for everyone i mean okay yes the state tourism director announced that the brutally honest tagline would be phased out (laughs) do it now it's just nebraska it's for everyone Yes, it is. Uh, it is on a top list of uh, worst mottos in the country. With uh, Rhode Island, cooler and warmer. They got rid of that after like a year. Um, Idaho's license plate that says "Famous Potatoes" because if they're that famous, you probably don't need to tell them every single day. Yeah. And then Washington, say wah. Oh dear right. God. Oh dear God. You know what's interesting is I was in so, Idaho for like three days, and I don't remember any potato specific experiences did you not no i mean they had potatoes there but it wasn't like hey man you you've got to have these potatoes i mean it's just i mean i know idaho potatoes but i mean is it it, it's just like that one like they don't import a bunch of other potatoes i mean you're doing that potato right i mean that's I I, i would assume that it's a pretty big it's a pretty big market. Must be a fertile, fertile land for for potatoes and mm-hmm. potato growth for whatever reason. A couple more things before we close. I, I had this situated yesterday. This Austin Simmons thing. Just to clarify a couple things from the article I wrote uh, a few days ago. I talked to him on Saturday prior to uh, practice. Um, the newsletter I was reading, Big Ben, actually gave Virginia's for lovers as uh, the best in the country. They actually like that one. What does that mean? I, I don't know, Neil. I, I have no other information. But, yes, Virginia's tagline is Virginia's for lovers. It's, it, it's, it's nonsensical. Sorry. I don't know. Got nothing. I don't know who did it, why, nothing. I don't know where they so, put it. Is, it. is it on their tags? Yeah, it's on their license plates. Okay. I don't know. 
so Austin Simmons, obviously, uh, pretty popular for a third-string quarterback. Um, comes in at Ole Miss as a uh, 17-year-old. He started taking online classes and I think the sixth grade is what I wrote. He uh, graduated with a 538 GPA. He uh, already is an academic junior in college, majoring in exercise science, said he would get his bachelor's, and then he's graduating this coming December, and then uh, we'll get his master's uh, past that point. And he's playing football and baseball, and he's hellaciously talented at both sports. There's no doubt about that. On the football field, I mean, Neil and I have talked about it, just practice and everything else. The ball comes out of his hand different than, than most guys, especially for a kid that age. Uh, it really does. He And look... I've seen the board a little bit. He's raw as hell. You don't know where it's going, but it goes there really well and pretty wherever it is, uh, where it is headed. Um, it's he's gonna, yeah, he's going to compete with Walker Howard for the backup job this uh, this fall. And, you know, look, I've covered college baseball for 20 years now, and you see two, two, two sport guys who do it to some level and do it okay. Um, I was asked on the board for recent examples of guys who – at least we're decent at both sports. Jameis Winston, Kyler Murray, um, Jeff Samarja is probably the best of the last 20 years if you want to go back to, to Samarja at Notre Dame. Um, so, But he was a wide receiver. He was. Not a quarterback. Um, and Jameis was a – Jameis is actually the best example because he was a guy who was a relief pitcher who could do some stuff on the baseball field and still be a very successful, obviously, starting quarterback. He won the Heisman Trophy at Florida State. So I understand that comparison. The problem is that it's just really freaking hard. And you're, it's not even talent. It's time. Where are you putting it? How are you doing it? How are you maximizing your time at both spots? And, I, you know, I'll be honest, when I went into the interview, I kind of thought Austin was mostly doing all baseball this spring and that he was just sort of staying over there and he'd do football when he could. And because he's not going to be the starting quarterback, barring an injury or something catastrophic to Jackson Dart in the fall, um, I really didn't expect it to be a ton of a story as I was walking up to him to talk to him. And as I talked to him and as I kept asking questions, He's primary football. It's football focused. It is football focused on where he's spending his time. He told me he's going to make every spring football practice. That he is going to uh, make sure his body, and not just his arm, his legs, his body, were in as good a shape as possible for football practice when that begins. That baseball was going to be about arm care and participating and learning and doing what he could. But he was... I mean, I even asked multiple follow-ups to make sure I wasn't missing something and to make sure that I was not saying something that he did not believe to be true. And when I came out of it, I thought, no, that kid's a quarterback. And I guess my thing is, he threw a, as we said, he threw a scoreless inning in baseball's inter-squad a couple days ago. Um, He's good. He's 90-92 off the mound. He topped out at 96 last year in high school. He's got a college average curveball, if we're just being real honest. It's fine. Uh, Change-up needs work. It's not developed yet. Uh, which he's 17 or 18 now. That's not that's not disparaging toward him in any way. Um, Got to put caveats on things. Um, <laughs> I know. <laughs> he is not an all-pro at 18 years old. Um, so, or him, trash is Yeah, semi- exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Change-up sucks. Um, <laughs> but it just takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of polish. And I just look at it and kind of, I mean, I, I'll be honest, look – we said this with DeMarco Cox. We said this with Terrence Davis. Do whatever the hell you want to do. It is your life, and he has this opportunity. And kind of like Taiwan Malone, even though it didn't work out, he's only here because he can play baseball. 
period. So anybody who goes, hey, just play football, well, then he wouldn't be here, guys. He's only here because you're letting him do both, both sports. But And this is just my opinion. Chase Parm's opinion at February 7th at 9.02 a.m. as we're sitting here. I think he's really into football, and I kind of wonder a little bit why he's playing baseball. I just, in my head, I kind of go... Because nothing about what he told me said, hey, I'm really locked in where I'm just taking off and I'm maximizing this opportunity. Everything is with an eye over here, which I get. I completely understand that that, that thought process. And look, Mike's going to let him do it. Mike said he's proud of him, how he's handled it to this point, all those things. But, you know, even on... He's not eating up any of Mike's 11 points. No, it's, he's free. He is a free player. Yeah. He's just there and he has a left-handed arm that throws into the 90s. So, whatever. But here's two things. One is, from a time standpoint... And now Mike laughed. He goes, look, here has day, there's days where there's nothing for him to do here because pitchers have off days. I, I don't care. I mean, he made a joke. He goes, I mean, you know, he's got to learn, like, pickoffs and bunt defenses. He goes, but he's a quarterback. He'll be all right. He'll figure it out. Um, so there are days where it, it is whatever. But, you know, on Saturday, and he wasn't going to pitch that day, but he left about 15 minutes before the inter-squad. He, go, he went to help recruit the, the football guys that were on campus at the Manning Center. They had a big uh, – a big 2025 recruiting day over there for that. It's just piecing it together where he is. It's just really complicated and it's really hard. And I kind of wonder how long this continues or what this looks like, whether Ole Miss feels confident to give him a larger role that maybe is even pursuant to his talent level because of the lack of availability in some ways. And look here, here's my one piece of advice to him. And anybody would tell him this. I'm not the only one that's probably told him that has said this. There's probably a hundred people. Just because you're football focused, take care of your freaking arm. The Oxford Exxon Podcast is brought to you by the College Corner. The College Corner is your one-stop rebel shop. Two locations in the Jackson area in Flowood. It's next to Half Shell in um, Ridgeland. It's next to Fleet Feet. You can also visit the College Corner at collegecornerstore.com. Plus, you can find them on Facebook and Instagram. Whether you're tailgating in Oxford or homegating with friends and family, the College Corner has you covered for game day with the largest selection of Rebel gear in central Mississippi. We're brought to you by Comer Heating and Air, Southern Air Conditioning and Heating, different names, same great products and services. If you live in Oxford, Tupelo, or the surrounding area, call Comer, 662-801-1777. If you live in Hernando, Memphis, or that area, call the people at Southern, 662-429-4429. A-Stock Auctions is a Nashville-based online auction company with the mission to provide customers the power to name their price. All items at A-Stock start at just $1. That's right. Every item starts at just $1. Shop now at astock.bid or download their app. Name your price on thousands of items from big-name retailers. Uh, A-Stock Auctions has multiple locations around Nashville that offer local pickups, so don't miss out. If you want it, bid it, win it. Brought to you by MyPerfectFranchise.net. If you're looking to diversify, if you're looking to leave the corporate rat race, gain control of your income and schedule, MyPerfectFranchise.net offers the ability to create income and wealth. Let Andy guide you through a comprehensive franchise evaluation. He has tons of franchise and business ownership experience to lean on. If you hate your job, your boss, your pay, you feel stuck, Andy Ludecki can help. It's Andy at MyPerfectFranchise.net. Don't slack on anything baseball-related from a rehabilitation, a therapy. Make sure all that stuff is done because baseball, as we're very aware of, is a very intense sport for a pitcher. Injuries are very possible. Don't slack on anything pertaining to arm care with baseball because you'll end the whole damn thing. 
See, to me, that's the biggest concern, right? So it's it's why I don't think the not that you were comparing him to Jeff Samarja, but it's where the Jeff Samarja comparison ends. He was a, a pitcher, mm-hmm. but he played wide receiver. So you know, he didn't need to go out and get hurt, you know, pull a hamstring or something that was going to affect his ability to pitch. But it wasn't going to wreck his arm as long as he mm-hmm. was cognizant of what was going on. And you know, hey, do you really need to be at football practice in the spring as a wide receiver? Not really. No. It's why people do the Deion Smith thing. They're up in arms. But, oh, God, he's not here this fall, this spring. And I'm like, it doesn't matter. I actually think that's a positive for everybody involved. I mean, I do, too. I don't want to get into it, but I do, too. I mean, and you're either going to know how to run a route or you don't know how to run the route. You either can get open or you can't get open. You can either get off the football and, and, and beat a defender or not. You can either catch it or, or you can't. It's, it's what Lane Kiffin would agree. So he probably won't agree publicly, but trust me when I tell you that he agrees with that that sentiment. Quarterback's a different deal. It's a complicated sport for a quarterback. There's a lot there. And, you know, if you're positioning yourself to be the quarterback in 2025, and again, I'll remind people, Jackson Dart is made of flesh and bone. What if he missed two weeks? God forbid. I don't wish that on. I don't wish injury on anybody on any team. I know how hard the kids work. I don't want to see anybody get hurt. But kids get hurt. Quarterbacks get hurt. What if you have to use a backup quarterback? If he's competing for that job, football's probably going to take precedent in the spring over over um, baseball. And to your point, the mechanics of throwing a football are different than the mechanics of pitching out of the stretch. And, you know, if you throw 48 pitches in a baseball game, there's there's some post-work that you have to do to take care of your arm to get ready. And I don't know that that really coincides with, hey, oh, by the way, I'm going to go throw 150 passes in uh, – I'm, I'm going to go throw 150 passes in, in, in a football practice mm-hmm. earlier in the day or later in the day or whatever the case may be. Yeah, so it's just it's 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 something I'm sort of following with interest because it's it's very complicated. It's not an easy thing medically or simply from a time management standpoint to see what this looks like. Um, yeah, you would feel much more confident about this if he was a position player because look, he's he is he's competing for a backup role and he's competing to be the quarterback in 2025 even without any injury situation against a Walker Howard who is highly touted and is there every single day. And you know that sticks in your mind is that every minute you're not at football, he is. And sure, they might be best buds, but they're still competing for the spot. So there you go. Yeah, you know, know. You you want to position yourself to be the guy behind Jackson. You don't want to be third. Yeah, third's no man's land. So you know, and even if you, I mean. In today's world, you have to bring this up. Even if you're, if your goal is just to be the quarterback somewhere in 2025, the reps matter now. I don't know. We'll see. I'm curious. And maybe some of it has to do with how competitive the baseball team is or isn't. I don't know. Maybe I, beats me. I don't. And he he did have a quote about you know it depended on role to some extent, but it was still very football centric, no matter what what was said about it. If he were totally locked in on baseball, I realize this is a, a, a total hi- hypothetical. What would his role likely be? Reliever, or would he have, be a midweek starter, or what? 
I think it profiles as a reliever right now, no matter what, but he would be much higher up the chart because that's the thing. He, I think he went to one baseball practice the entire fall. He just needs reps. I mean, that's the thing. You have no idea really what he's capable of because, you know, Carl told me on Saturday he's more polished than a normal pitcher would be without any reps, but that doesn't mean he's not behind on reps, that it looks better than you would think, but he just hasn't pitched. So when LSU and Tennessee and Vanderbilt have scouted you, and they know what's you got to you got to have a, little, a lot of polish and a lot. Yeah. Of so to, to answer your question, you're also assuming that he was there all fall. I guess is my point is to go. Hey, he's baseball only. Well, that means he was in baseball in the fall, and he's been working. And I go, no, yeah, he's it's real because instead of ninety ninety two, you're probably ninety one, ninety three, ninety four. Curveball's a little better. It's a little loopy. Needs to sharpen. Yeah. But instead, here you are. So. But right now he's a one and a half pitch mix. Yeah, sure, that's fair. Yeah, I mean the curveball's okay; it's not bad. But yeah, um, see where the uh, Las Vegas mayor said that they should just stay in Oakland yesterday. The A's. No, did you not see that? She backtracked a little uh, today or last night. But um, story here. What is her name? Carolyn Goodman is the Las Vegas mayor. She says, uh, this is from ESPN, isn't exactly extending a warm embrace to the Athletics, who plan to build a $1.5 billion stadium in her city. In fact, Goodman said the team's stadium plan, quote, does not make any sense, and that A's ownership should go back to the drawing board and pitch a new plan in the Bay Area. Quote, I personally think the A's have got to figure out a way to stay in Oakland to make their dream come true, she told uh, the Front Office Sports podcast, which was released on Tuesday. She took to social media later to add context and said she was, quote, excited about the prospect of Major League Baseball in her city, although she didn't back off her statement that the that Oakland and the A's should try to make their relationship work in, quote, a perfect world. Added, quote, should that fail, Vegas has shown that it's a spectacular market for Major League Sports franchises. So, yeah. Yeah, I don't know the details of the, of the A's deal and, they the A's really want to stay in Oakland. They want to be on the water. They have that magnificent dream, yet they can't get it done. I just think there's an appetite in Oakland. I run into people from Oakland all the time. They want to keep the team, and it's just the government up there. It costs money. I love the people from Oakland. I think they deserve to have their team. Everything's pull, everything's pulling out of Oakland. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's out of control. San Francisco's a mess. I mean, it was one of the storylines of the Major League Baseball offseason was that a lot of free agents really don't want to move to San Francisco. Their families don't want to move to San Francisco. Taxes, all the stuff that's going yeah, on. Sure. You know, yeah. I mean, crime, the political landscape. It didn't really hit me. I, I'm an idiot, okay? I'm, I'm admitting that I'm dumb for not picking up a Smiley. It didn't really hit me until yesterday that it was the two Oakland teams that would be in Vegas, like that they basically are just taking Oakland's teams. Because um, the Raiders, I know it, but it doesn't click in my head yet. I haven't fully. I mean, if you're running an organization, do you want to be in Northern California or Nevada right now? Oh, it's a no-brainer. You know, I mean, just is what it is. Wrigley is uh, hosting the 2025 Winter Classic. That's going to be a cool event. It, it does look cool, like the aerials and stuff. Yeah, that's a that's a that's a neat deal. So, 
Uh, big game tonight, as you mentioned, in SEC basketball, number 16, Alabama, at number 12, Auburn. 6 o'clock Central on ESPN2. Alabama top the standings, but it's there at Neville Arena where the Tigers are damn good. Yeah. So that's They're really, really good at home. It's I, I think it's kind of pretty shottish for Alabama. If you need a nightcap and want more basketball out uh, after that at 9 o'clock Central on ESPN, Pelicans at Clips tonight. Oh, it's a good game. Clips are Clips are on fire right now. The Athletic calls them maybe the best team in the NBA. I think they are the best team. Both the Thunder and the Timberwolves lost last night, so I guess the Clippers can move into first with the win. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. They're really playing well. They've got a bunch of guys that have accepted smaller roles and all that stuff. Jose Altuve, awesome. $125 million extension to remain in Houston. Yeah, I saw that. Austin Rivers taking a beating in NBA world for daring to say that. Saw that. He didn't think Bronny should play with his dad because he didn't think it was fair to Bronny James. Pointed out that Bronny James is not a lottery pick. It's going to put a lot of pressure on him. Saw that. And Austin Rivers getting killed, and every word that he said is common sense. Okay, I know we're just emotionally killing him, but is anyone making a coherent argument on why what he said is bad? No. Okay. No, 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 no. I mean, like, what? It, okay, but so. For those what that is don't the, know, Austin Rivers was the uh, top player in the country. Played at Duke, was a lottery pick. Ended up playing on his dad's team after he'd established himself as an NBA player. Yeah, sure. Played on his dad's team when Doc Rivers is his dad with the Clippers, and they. Of course, whenever he struggled, he was only playing because his dad's the coach and blah, 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 and all of those things. And so he, he has a unique perspective on the pressures that would be on Bronny James to play on the same team with his dad, who a lot of people, if LeBron wants out of L.A. this offseason, he'll get out. And he's talked in the past about wanting to extend his career long enough to play a season with Bronny. And all that, all that Rivers was saying was his opinion was that it wasn't best for Bronny's long-term development. And got just killed for it. A I very mean, rational opinion. And it just, oh, I mean, the, the, the angst that it caused with some of the small-minded people that, that are analysts of, of the NBA. That we should just not disparage Bronny, and you can't say that because he might be amazing. Like, is that the argument? Like, what, well, the what, argument. What, what is the argument? The argument that Doc that 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 Austin Rivers is basically making is the legitimate one, which is: look, you had a health scare, a big one. Um, you're you're starting to play better at USC. If you just looked at his numbers and said this this kid's name is Chase Parham, and you looked at his at his measurables and his numbers, you'd go, oh, how about that? Getting better. Probably should come back to SC for another year or, or wherever he wants to play college ball, sure. right? We yeah, switch, yeah. switch schools every year. Go play someplace. Probably need another year of development. That's all. And, and, and that's legitimate. And look, the kid, to his credit, has handled the pressure of being LeBron James's son impeccably. Mm -hmm. He's been fantastic. The kid's had a, 
a million Instagram followers forever. Can you imagine? I mean, yeah, sure. I mean, I like to think my son's a pretty level-headed kid. And if Carson had a million Instagram followers, I'd be terrified of what would yeah, happen. Yeah, sure. So, I mean, the, the, the kid's done really, really well. But the point's not whether Austin Rivers is right or wrong. Even if you believe, nah, you know what, I think you're wrong. I think he would benefit from playing with his dad for a year. Wouldn't that be special? What he said was not outlandish. It wasn't insane. They just, but the watch, that's the, that, that's the reason I don't, I'm surprised people watch those shows like in the mornings. They'll turn this into two hours of debate over, yeah, you know, Austin makes a good point. I don't necessarily agree with it, but sure. Or, you know what, that makes a lot of sense. I get it. Okay, whatever. All, all he said was, this was from my experience, and I was a lottery pick. I was the top player in the country. I did get into the NBA and establish myself as a, as a valuable player who could play quality minutes in the NBA, and I ended up playing on my dad's team, and it was Am I forgetting somebody or high-profile-wise last father-son? Is it Ken Griffey Sr. and Jr. on the same team? Yeah, I think – is that right? I think that's right. I, if I'm missing yeah. one, sure. But and and you know, and Ken Griffey Jr. at the time was the top prospect in baseball. He was, I mean, anybody who watched Ken Griffey Jr. swing the bat knew, hey, this is can't miss. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, unless like an airplane just comes down and crashes into him, he's going to be a superstar. Mm-hmm. I don't know. We we can't say that about Bronny James today. No. If Bronny James's last And that's name, a different element in so many ways than even the whole play for your dad thing. You know, I mean, that... Yeah. <sighs> I mean, you're going to be on the same team in the same locker room with LeBron James, likely on a playoff contender, likely with other NBA vets, and people in your locker every day asking the same questions yeah. over and over. And then when that year's over, okay, what now? Yeah. Now that did we've done you, this... Did you develop... You know, mm-hmm. because I, I do think LeBron, I mean, Bronny can be an NBA player. Yeah. But he had a major health scare. Mm-hmm. It was a, I mean, thank God it was he's okay, and it looks like he's going to be fine. He's playing now. He had seven assists last night or the night before last for SC. He's doing a lot of good things. He's a, he's a talented player. But, yeah. All right, Rebel Grove tomorrow. We'll talk to Jeffrey. I don't know. We'll find something between now and then. We'll talk about whatever happens at Neville Arena and around the SEC tonight. Multiple games to uh, shape things. Again, Ole Miss off on Saturday, and then we'll return Tuesday against Kentucky. That will be coming off that 68-65 loss to South Carolina last night in Columbia. So thanks to everybody in the stream. You guys helped me out with some information there and uh, different ways, and we will talk to you again tomorrow. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.